All right, everybody. I feel like it's time that we had the talk, the dreaded talk. And I'm not exactly talking about the birds and the bees talk that your mom is like relentlessly trying to get on your head when you're wearing your training bra and you're in middle school and you're just like trying to feed your goldfish and she's up in your head about metaphors with watering plants. It's not that talk, but it's in that realm. It's more of like the adult, like, somber talk because that is our lives these days like we just hate ourselves that much that we have perpetually entered and become ambassadors of the no fun club I really wanted this episode today to be like light and cheery and skippy and I'm like here we are again just hating our lives with like dark deep news but alas here we are and the only reason that I have this old twinkle in my eye is because I'm riding that Tom Brady high, baby. Woo! That TB12. Despite the fact that he is no longer with the Pats. So with that, I will just go like hang myself on my really obnoxiously large yet amazing 30th birthday balloons. Okay. Without further ado, we're going to be talking about Army Hammer today by popular demand. Thank you guys, by the way, who voted in my IG poll because I know that you want to continue the dialogue about this. And I have a feeling, got a little... Little inkling that what I have to say today is what you guys are thinking. And I know this because I've had this conversation with many of you behind the scenes. Yeah, it got it went down in the DMs. Unfortunately, not in the same way. Or fortunately, actually, not in the same way, apparently, as Army Hammer. Okay, this situation is escalating super quickly. And for those of you who are like, lady, what the hell are you talking about? I'm like distracted by this balloon display. I'll fill you in on what's going on. But let me just say, I feel like there is a part of this dialogue that is being left out. And I think it's being left out because people are scared. They're too scared to bring it into the public arena. Thus, while this isn't the most, again, uplifting of them all, I feel like it does have to be discussed though. And it has to be, you know, brought out there. Let me fill you in. Let me give you a little cliff note since we're on that middle school theme. Army Hammer, a couple of weeks ago, he's an actor and he has been like, I don't even know what the word is. He has just been like totally devoured by social media, the public jury, if you will, because these alleged DMs between him and women, again, don't know if they're his, came out in which he really expresses these like twisted, kinky, cannibalistic fantasies and fetishes. So that was number one. Number two is now we have women coming forward to tell their stories and their experiences with him. And now... He has been completely, for lack of a better word, canceled. And let me just say, on public record, honey, I'm not defending this man, all right? He's going to be fine. He's like a trust fund baby. He's the heir of an oil tycoon. Like, he's going to be all right. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have personal ties to this man, all right? I'm not going to be up at night wondering if he's going to be okay. But what's alarming to me is how he has been dropped from multiple movies his publicist his personal publicist dropped him which that it has to take a lot for that shit to happen you know and the one of the biggest talent agencies in LA WME dropped him based on hearsay essentially based on 
DMs that we don't know are his and women telling stories, which I'm going to explain to you and get into today, that basically they both have to do with consent. They both consented. But my point of this episode today is that we need to hear all women. We need to hear them. And I know that this is all really murky and really sensitive and really touchy. And I am not downplaying by any means any victim stories. But we have to ask ourselves, at what point do we stop in this conversation and go, okay, but how much did you engage? How much accountability is there for knowingly being in this situation? What is this based off of? This is a really peculiar situation because it's not like Weinstein where we had proof and we had court cases and proceedings. Like this is off DMs we don't know are his and two women's stories in which both are consensual. One even says it was consensual. So that's why this is a really slippery slope because can one person's life be destroyed merely off of one thing somebody says? I think about that with myself. I'm like, okay, so one day, I know it doesn't like quite go the same as a man's allegations against a woman, which is like a whole other combo in and of itself. But I think about that. I'm like, oh, okay. So could one day, someone who doesn't like what I have to say, just come out and say something about me and then it's all over. And again, I'm not saying that's what is happening here. And I'm not defending this man, like I said. I'm just saying there's nuance to this conversation that is being left out because of because of this sweep of Me Too and Believe All Women. You guys know I'm a huge Me Too advocate. I've written about it. I wrote a, post, a piece in Huffington Post about this very thing. It was called Time's Up for E. Because it was around, you can look it up. It was around the time of the Golden Globes when everyone was like donned in their black, acting like the biggest Me Too activist they ever heard. And E is out here with their correspondence. One of them, the guy front and center, basically doing back handsprings like he's in the Olympics, is Ryan Seacrest, who at the time was getting accused by a woman of some shit. So like that is tone deaf, whether he was guilty or not, like you guys couldn't find one more person like that. That's a little awkward to have him as your front man center stage to be talking to people in this time. And also they didn't even ask anybody about me too. Like you guys are wearing black and you're not even going to do anything to move it forward. Like take a nap, like leave the chat. So needless to say, I am all for it. Like tell your story, sister. Let me tell you something. There's a reason that I am so passionate about this topic. I was there. I was there in Hollywood on the front lines when Me Too first started. I'm going to tell this story again. For those of you who listen to my show, this might be my fourth or fifth time telling it, but I'm telling it because it's really important. And for anybody who is trying to twist my words or insinuate that I am not for women or me too or victims, you don't know what you're talking about, all right? You don't even know. So I interviewed a handful of R. Kelly survivors. I'm going to play a clip for you, but before I do, I'm going to tell you, I was so inspired by my talk with them in which they advocate for really high profile, resourceful, powerful women in Hollywood to come forward even more, you know, in support of the little guy, people who don't have that kind of platform to inspire them or to potentially protect other women. Sadly, nobody picked up my piece. And I think that's in part because this is such a touchy subject. Here's a little bit of what they said. 
Do people need to start naming names and stop waiting for the tipping point once it's okay? What is your take? If you want to stop them, take them down. Take them down. I think a lot of people don't want to say who it was because they're more worried about being able to work in Hollywood. Everybody waits for somebody else to do it. So that's why you got to encourage the nobodies to tell their story so that the somebodies can acknowledge it. So you can see, we're all like riled up. We're like, bring him down, bring him down, right? Stop him in his tracks. He's not gonna be the one to do it on his own. Don't let this man keep committing crime, exploiting his position, like bring him down. So you can see we are all there rallying together. So I'm going to stop you right there. Cause I know people are gonna try to twist it. Like I said, and paint me as something I'm not. Don't even try it. In the case of Army Hammer, though, not the same thing as the aforementioned stories as of yet. So with that said, let's take a look at some of that gray area and that nuance in this particular circumstance that I'm talking about. Aside from the DMs, right? There have been two women who have come forward. One of them is like a 22-year-old Instagram model. They basically say that he emotionally manipulated them with his wit and his charm and his good looks, et cetera, et cetera, right? I find that scary because number one, like you can say that about anything. You can say that about anything. Like we, okay, manipulating dudes is like my favorite pastime. I've been trying to manipulate, if you will, my guy who I haven't seen to send me a dick pic for months. A girl is holding out, you know, there's always hope, but it hasn't happened just yet. I'm just saying like, you could apply that logic to anything, emotional or physical. You know, how many of you guys were in a relationship that you felt so like entangled with, or you were so far in deep and then later you didn't like how you felt or that's, you know, that's emotional manipulation now. If we're getting into forced scenarios, right? Where somebody forced themselves, drugged you, tied you down, held you down, threatened your life. That's a different story. In which case, if you're guilty of this shit, have fun in prison, pal. I won't be sending your ass letters. Okay. And let me say too, while we're on this, People are speculating that there's going to be more like some bombshell thing to come out, which, which we don't know yet, which is why his publicists and agency in these movies are dropping him like a hot potato, like hotcakes. I don't know. That may or may not make me change my mind, but I feel like this, this whole thing still stands. Okay. So we don't watch 20 minutes after I finish wrapping this, this like whole expose will come out in which case like fuck me for trying. But nonetheless, so the 22-year-old Instagram model came out and gave a whole interview like detailing her alleged relationship with this man. There was consent. And she says, just because you give consent doesn't mean that you weren't, like there's not trauma or there's not, you know, emotional manipulation, like I said. But guys, consent is consent, period. Consent is consent. You consented. So at some point, there has to be accountability, right? Because what the problem with this entire thing is that as soon as a woman, as soon as a woman tells a story, she is automatically labeled 
a victim, had no say in the matter, you know, had no idea what was going on. And in these cases where there was consent, that's not entirely true. And that's where that's dangerous. Are you engaging in text and are you caught up in the moment in person and then later you regret it? And I don't know. I'm not in these people's heads. I can't speak for them, but I'm just saying that somebody, you know, that you're with, that could happen with you. They could turn around later and then come out with these things and destroy you. And that's what's scary is that we're not even incorporating this into the conversation. Now, let me also say that I don't believe that women are ever, who the, who in their right mind is like ever asking for it? Like when people say like, you're asking for it, like who, who, who's like, I would really love to be tor- tormented today. Like nobody, nobody's asking for it. But what I'm saying is at some point we have to acknowledge if you were in something consensually, you engaged, we can't just act like, oh, my hands are wiped clean of it and it's gone. And the layer of this particular circumstance is that, there is that sort of like kink shame, right? So again, if he abused and he threatened people's lives and if more comes out, that's inexcusable. That's not okay. But I feel like there is an added layer of this because it is so like shocking to us that it's like, oh my God, you know what I mean? So it, it is kind of kink shaming. Like this 22 year old Instagram model tells us, tells a story about how, I don't know if you guys heard this with the knife. Okay. So she talks about how he used to do what she calls knife play. Now, I don't know about you, ladies. I'm going to direct this at you. But if you're like getting it on with this man, suddenly he whips out a knife. She says he like never really used it on her. He would like glide it near her and stuff like that. Would you or would you not be like, this has been real fun, my dude. There's, I'm going to see myself out please don't text me changing my number. Like, I don't want to see that knife anywhere outside of the kitchen. I want to see it on Beat Bobby Flay. And I want to see it here. My I'm not trying to see like there and right there. I would like get up and walk away. And I'd be like, that's it. But then she talks about, so it wasn't only one time later at another time, he took a knife and she says, before I could like really absorb it, although she does say at another point too, like he said something along the lines of like, if and when you want me to stop, et cetera. Again, we'll never really know. But she tells a story about how he took the knife at a later time and carved his initial like right here, like below her belly button to engrave his name, like his like ownership of her, if you will, and carved an A into her, into her belly button. Okay. Like this is, this is what I'm like, and maybe that's your thing. That's cool. Like, I'm not going to shame it. Whatever you want to do. She says in her interview, I want to be clear. I want to be clear. I'm not kink shaming here, but that is kind of, that is what you kind of are. That's what's happening because you did say that you consented. And now all of these things, whether it be like a knife and blood and all these things, you're sort of like gasping at and maybe after the fact again I don't know maybe after the fact it's really settling in and you're processing and that's a lot which I get but I think the kink shame is a huge part of this huge part of it I think it's what's every it's what's making everything happen so swiftly again unless something comes out that we don't know about I totally think this is like a kink thing and the other woman who came forward 
had a similar story. She was actually labeled in the the tabloid, the article that I read as his ex-girlfriend. So this wasn't like a one-time thing, which seems consistent with both of these stories. It's like they were continuous, right? But she describes it in the same way. She says that he was intoxicating and his intense personality really sort of like lured her in. And after their breakup, she ends up saying that she, you know, he had like really dark and twisted fantasies and is a, you know, particularly dark individual and would say things like, you know, he wanted to take a rib off of her and barbecue it or something like that. So it's the same idea as that kink shame, right? Because fetish, that's a whole other thing, right? And I actually took a class, I've talked about it before to brush up on my sex psychology at LACC last year. And we talked about fetishes and oftentimes they stem from like, I'm not trying to go too deep into it, but they stem from like a developmental thing or in childhood. And then it comes out later in adulthood, but I'm saying people have them. That's the reality. People do these things. I'm not saying necessarily eat each other's ribs, but I'm saying to think about it that way, right. To be in something as a girlfriend And then later to walk away and be like, geez, what a freak. It's like, and I'm not saying that's exactly what happened again. We don't know what goes on behind closed doors. We don't really know. And this woman also said that she was in the hospital for PTSD after being with him, which that's not okay. But there's many, many layers to this, obviously. And I understand where the will is coming from. That's why I'm an advocate, like I said, with the R. Kelly survivors for these women to come forward because they're thinking this man could potentially harm other women. I totally get that. But we have to remember there is not at this point hardcore proof of anything, merely stories. So let's take it step by step because you have to think about it too, right? If this was someone that you loved, and I'm not putting the perpetrator before the victim, but I'm saying if this was a brother, an uncle, a dad, a boyfriend, you would want to make sure that that shit was as thorough as possible. And that's something that people are talking about as well, is that Twitter is the ultimate decider these days. Because before we know more concrete things, All it takes is for really Twitter to decide. And we've seen it many times, not just with Me Too, but with, you know, articles being taken down and, you know, writers being fired for publications and Anna Wintour changing boat covers. Like Twitter decides now. And listen, let me just say as a sidebar, I was talking about this with my friends earlier, who, by the way, was the victim of a domestic abuse situation. And she's like totally on the same page with me. We all, I'm sure, have fantasies or DMs or porn histories that like we wouldn't want out there, okay? So that's like one thing to think about. But the other thing that my friend, which I thought was really powerful coming from her, I mean, this is a woman who survived an abusive relationship in which they cohabitated the whole thing, is that, Again, unless you are in a circumstance where they are, you are tied down, you are impaired, like you have the wherewithal to get up and walk away. I'm not saying that any of this is your fault. And I'm not saying that there are absolutes. I would never say, like I said, someone, I actually used to have a bra that said not asking for it. And it was from Amber Rose's slut walk. And I almost wore it for this, but I realized 
Um, I don't have any more, sadly. And I'm going to stop touching my boobs now. Okay. I would never say that a woman is asking for it or it's her fault. And I'm not saying that it's so black and white. And I'm not saying that it's easy. But if you saw somebody repeatedly and repeatedly and you're not legally tied to them, like my friend was in her marriage who was abused and you can get up and walk away, you know, like what you're getting into on some level, guys, come on, on some level, that has to be part of the conversation. Like where does accountability on some level come in? You know, who talked about this once was Pam Anderson and she got fucking blasted. And honestly, I don't totally agree with everything she said, but a lot of it, I was like, I totally get that when stuff with me too was first popping she had said, you know, my mom taught me never to go to like a creepy guy, you know, guy's hotel room for a meeting or something like that. And she goes even further to insinuate, like at that point, you're asking, like, that's on you. Like, you know what you're doing. You're asking for it now. Again, like I said, I don't think anyone's asking for it, but the hotel room thing, I personally, I would never put myself in that situation. I would never put myself in that situation. It's the same sort of thing as like walking alone a dark alley at night and none of it's okay, but it's the sad reality that we're in, right? If you're attacked, if something happens, like none of that is okay. And we shouldn't be in a world where we can't go to a hotel room with a colleague or we can't walk down a dark alley at night. But that's the reality. Like being in a room with frat boys and you're the only girl, like at some point inside you, come on guys, you know, at some point you have to be like, is this a good idea? Like, could this turn out? Well, I don't really think this is looking too hot for me right now. So that comes into play. And I feel like that's something that everybody is brushing under the rug right now. Now, in the case of Harvey Weinstein with the hotel room stuff, like you guys know, I adore and I love Rose McGowan because that bitch is for it, about it, here for the cause, is consistent. She's one of the women who she's like a trailblazer in speaking out against Harvey Weinstein. And she has said, you know, in a, in a rebuttal to what I'm saying, she, or what Pam Anderson had said, she has said, like, you don't really know. You don't know what goes on. Like if your hands feel tied or if this person feels that they are, you know, if, if this person's blackmailing you, if they're saying they can ruin your entire career. So I'm not dismissing any of that. And I can't even imagine what it would be like to be in that position. But again, this is like, there's two in my mind at this point, lanes of like, women stepping into their power when it comes to all this stuff. Number one, it's speaking, speaking up and telling your story, which I'm always an advocate for. Again, hear everybody. We should hear everybody. Everybody should have a platform to tell their story. But there's a but here. It's also having the power and the agency to take control over your situation, right? If somebody's like saying to you, and I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just saying like, if it were me and this high up exec was like threatening to ruin my life and career, I'd be like, bring it on bozo. Now fuck right off. Sadly, it shouldn't be how it is. It shouldn't be that you make sacrifices personally or career wise to do that. But if that's what it takes, again, I'm not putting myself in that situation. If I'm seeing Army Hammer come out with a knife, like trying to have a good time, I'm going to be like, my Uber is here. My carrier pigeon's here. I'm going to go. You also have Bill Maher, who like went fucking ham on this situation. Like he, 
again, same thing with Pam Anderson, agree and disagree. He's like the extreme where he's basically like, you knew what you were doing. It's your responsibility and like sticking up for Army Hammer. Like, and, and said the same thing as me in that, like, if you, you know, unless you're like, physically can't get out of the situation like if you are drugged again if you're tied down if you if you cannot get out of that situation that's a different story but like what is keeping you there because you were quote-unquote manipulated and he got fucking blasted to the stratosphere because again while he's extreme and while I'm not totally on board with his whole like his whole view he does bring up that point that I feel like nobody can bring up, which is at what point did you agree to engage? It's also not okay to be again, wrapped up in something or consent um, and like experiment and try it. And then later turn around and maybe like you're embarrassed or you're ashamed or you were, it wasn't what you wanted to do, whatever it may be, or maybe they ghosted you or you want to, you know, whatever it is. It's not okay then later to turn around. And I'm not, again, I'm not saying this is what's happening with these women in particular. I'm just saying in other cases to turn around and and say and paint the picture like the male is a total bad guy and you wipe your hands clean and be like, I had no say in the matter. I had no idea what's going on. Bad man, bad man. That's not okay either. You guys, I've heard stories. I've heard literal stories and I'm sure you guys have too, where women, like especially college women have- made an accusation, maybe slept with a guy and didn't like how he treated her after maybe he ghosted her. Maybe she was embarrassed. She didn't want to seem like a slut. So she made allegations against him. And then he would be suspended from school, dropped from the sports team, merely off of an allegation. You know, I have a friend too, who has a son in college. And she's like, I think about this. I would be horrified if my son, she's like, I'm very aware. And I try to teach him like, be careful what you have in DMs. Be careful what you have here because somebody could turn around one day and completely manipulate the situation. And, you know, I always want to give people the benefit of the doubt, but this is another sad reality is that people make shit up. You don't know people's motives. And let me be clear for Third time's a charm. I'm not saying that this pertains to this con- this specific situation, but I'm just saying even the fact that my friend who has a son in college, it's like I'm so horrified of this that one girl he may or may not have slept with could come out and ruin his life. That's really something to think about. So all I'm saying with this entire situation is that we need to maybe take a pause. We need to take a pause because if all it takes – is DMs that may be botched, that we don't know are real, and stories that include consent to destroy somebody, we need to really take a pause. We need to look at all the facts. We need to look at the proof, like I said. Hear these women and then go from there. Because let me tell you, if, it, if this were on you, like I said, I'm a woman and I think about it, you know, affecting me one day. DMs coming out or this coming out or that coming out and it completely destroying your life, that is really scary. That is really scary. I had a friend say to me this morning, she's like, I'm all for me too. Again, abuse survivor. And she says, this is sort of a downside. And I know that's not the popular thing to say, 
but it's true. So with that, it's something for you guys to think about. I know you already have been thinking about it. Cause like I said, we've been talking about it behind the scenes, but we can't be automatically grouped into prey victim helpless or on the other side of that predator awful devil man or woman based on so little so with that said hopefully after this we will have some lighter news to discuss until then tb12 i will be your mistress I am here. You know where to find me and I fully consent.